Next on BYU Sports Nation, the top 10 non-P5 teams, according to college football expert Phil Steele. BYU not in that list, but why? Group of five, power five, what is BYU football? And our two-on-one with quarterback Taysom Hill. How many wins does he say BYU needs this season? Plus six-year NFL veteran linebacker Brian Keel on where he believes BYU fits in the top 10 non-P5 discussion. It's a throwdown Thursday. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Thursday, August 27th. Wherever and however you are dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Group of Five legal representative, Jerem Jordan. There's nothing I want less in my life right now than that. To be a legal representative for the G5s? No, please. <laughs> please, no! Let them into State, the Power Five. Boise State can figure out their own stuff. Yeah. You know, we... <sighs> Brought to you by Albertsons Stadium. Who would you get? Who, which lawyer would you get to argue BYU into the Power Five? Oh, Johnny Cochran, for sure. Johnny Cochran. Oh, yeah, man. If the glove doesn't it's, fit, you, you must, must acquit. acquit. Okay. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> what fictional lawyer would I you did, get? I didn't think Johnny Cochran. What fictional lawyer oh, Matt would you Locke. get? You would get Matlock. Yeah, sure. I'd get Harvey Specter from Suits. Yeah. yeah. You're watching Suits. I yeah, that's true. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Just, hey, just a thought. Just yeah. a thought. All right. So yesterday, I was not here, as was pointed out on the show and on Periscope. Because of we a, didn't say why you weren't. Oh, you didn't say you just. We just tweeted that out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't say. Well, there was this lip sync situation going on at something called the Advancement Summit, which was uh, an important meeting for several departments here at Brigham Young University. Yeah, and we needed you elsewhere. <laughs> you took your talents to the I stage. I took my talents to the stage of the Varsity Theater. Like you did at Northridge High School back in uh, 2000. This is correct. That is exactly why I was chosen, because of my past. Unfortunately, behind bars. What? No. I did not bring home the championship. But why did we let you back in here? But <laughs> it's a scandal. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, it's not. People, there was immediate okay. voting. There was immediate voting. Tell us what you did because you did. I, hey, tell us what you did. I will. The you lip synced a mashup with Lauren Frankham on our staff, Southern Reporter. Awesome. Uh, to Jimmy Fallon. And Justin Timberlake type, you know, mashup they've done on yes. the show. There were seven songs involved shows. in a minute and a half span. Yeah. We actually have some video of that. Um, so we're going to show that on BYU TV. I, we, wow. I hope we tweet it out. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll yeah. tweet it out. So there you are in an Austin Collie jersey. Um, both of you are dancing. Single ladies, Beyonce. Okay. I want to see. Let's see. We're, I'm, I'm seeing Lauren dance. She's doing a nice job. I'm wondering where you come into this. Okay. <laughs> Waiting for it. Okay. Yeah. You look you look pretty good. You're waving your hand in the air, showing oh, the ring, doing yeah. the, the okay. knee and the you know arm pump we should, thing. You should yeah. go away from this yeah. right now. Yeah. If we had the rights to play it with the music, there's we not would, enough, but we there's don't. not enough time. Oh, you're for going us into to the crowd. Wow. That was impressive. Thing. Why are we still doing this? Because it's fantastic. Oh my yeah. goodness. It's Passing a basketball now. Yeah. I love doing play by play to video with no music uh, for a radio show. Enough. <laughs> enough. Kill the video. <laughs> It will live on forever. Yeah. Listen, like like we learned from Steve Sarkeesian, there's video, you know, recording everywhere all the time. So, hey, I'm not afraid of it. I'm just upset that people couldn't vote. It was immediate voting via text, and apparently, like That's according right. to the BYU right. cell phone plan, 
You can't vote with the short code. You can't. You can't win every championship. You know. You missed the show for that. We really question uh, the motives behind that, but we're happy to have you back today. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Phil Steele released his top ten group of five teams. He has BYU as an honorable mention and out of the top ten. Oh, boy. He's got his reasons. More on that in a moment. A lot more on that in a moment. Opponent news. UCLA names the starting quarterback. Freshman standout Josh Rosen. No surprise there. If you've watched the show, you knew that guy was going to be the guy from Phil Steele. Meanwhile, East Carolina new starting quarterback Kurt Benkert has a season-ending knee injury. He is out. So he will not be the quarterback replacing Shane Carden for East Carolina on October 10th against BYU. Tough blow for Rafa McNeil's club right there. USA Volleyball beat Brazil in five sets in the USAV Cup at USC yesterday in Southern California. Taylor Sander, 18 kills, two aces, and a block. Russell Holmes had seven kills and four blocks. The Barclays in Edison, New Jersey is underway. Daniel Summerhays birdied 16 and 17 and finishes... Uh, round one, three under, tied for fourth. It's early, but that's nice. Zach Blair tees off this afternoon. Good luck to those guys. Perfect point to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The new top 10 non-P5 rankings. College football insider, friend of the program, and ESPN contributor Phil Steele released his top 10 non-P5 teams. He called them G5 teams. That's his, that was not. his first mistake. He did not put BYU in that list. Yes, so a few things. One. No, he did, but he didn't. He's called BYU a G5 team by including them in this article and at some point. There's been some confusion this morning on Twitter. People said, well, he didn't include BYU in this list because they didn't make it. They were he, an honorable mention. He included them. He does not think, Phil Steele does not think that BYU is going to finish as one of the top 10 group of five teams. Okay, number two, who really cares about being in this list because it has nothing to do with BYU's aims and their ultimate aspirations to get into a P5 conference? If he can't be in the top ten of group of five, that tells me something. Granted, this is one dude, a prominent dude. This is what he's saying. Just saying, that's a standpoint that we've heard it's, it's, from several fans. No, it, I have an issue with BYU not being in the top ten. That doesn't, that's not good. But really, not B- good. BYU matters. not in the top 10 of that list? Really? So it does matter. You, you said who really cares? I really care. that BYU, BYU need, If you're not in the top 10 of this list, how can you possibly accomplish any aims and missions that are above that? Now let's be fair to Phil. He has referenced BYU's tough schedule as his reason they're not in the list. He tweeted the following to one of our BYU Sports Nation members this morning, at Brett Meekum. Phil says, that is a list I think have the best shot at landing the big bowl bid. If you check power poll in my magazine, I have BYU as the number two most talented. Now, Phil was on the show and reacted to, you know, what a good season would be like for BYU, and he and I actually agree. If Bronco can guide eight wins out of here, I'm thinking good. I'm not thinking great. You know, I'm not saying this is one of BYU's better seasons of all time. So I think coming out of this schedule with eight wins, I would count it as a good season. That's what I said. Eight. Now, if you have eight wins, uh, you fit. You probably fit on the bottom of this list somewhere. BYU is just off. Whatever. I don't really care about this list as much as I care about what the conversation that it spurns, which is what is BYU football. In college football. BYU below teams like, let's list them for you. Boise State, Marshall, San Diego State, Toledo, Louisiana Tech. Those are the top five. Now six through ten. Cincinnati, UCF, Temple, Memphis, Northern Illinois. 
Honorable mentions, BYU, Utah State, Western Kentucky. So if BYU wins eight games against that schedule, that is greater than, say, Northern Illinois' nine. Or maybe ten, just due to strength of schedule. Absolutely. Playing in the MAC, not even close to what BYU is going to do. I know BYU's got some cupcakes on the schedule, but you look to the middle to tough part of BYU's schedule, BYU's got some tough teams on there. And a lot of teams that won 8-plus games, 9-plus games, 10-plus games. A 12-win team's on the schedule, for goodness sake. So, BYU Sports Nation, answer today's Twitter question. What's your reaction to college football expert Phil Steele's leaving BYU out of his top 10 group of 5 teams? At Cougar underscore Nate says, It doesn't matter what he says. Winning games is what matters. Yes, that's absolutely right. But perception matters a lot. You know what perception turns into? Rankings, credibility, lists, uh, potential at the end of the road, potential expansion, right, Uh, for a Power 5. That matters, too. It doesn't matter as much as winning. You're right, but it matters. At BRG Red says this, they get a shot to beat Boise State and Cincinnati on the field. If BYU does that, there will be no doubt. And that is exactly what came to my mind. BYU gets the number one team and the number six team on this list on their home field. Both teams pick to win their respective conferences. I'm looking looking at BYU compared to this list in a head-to-head fashion. There is only one team that really I question, and that's Boise State. I think BYU, with Taysom Hill as a quarterback, would beat every team on that list. Okay, and, and, and to my point, it's bigger than this list. Because what is Phil Steele's, what, what is the big hub, hubaloo? Oh, BYU is grouped with the group of five? Okay, what, what is BYU? Are they a power five? No. They're an independent. But, Jerem, the Big Ten and the SEC and the ACC, they said BYU's a P5. In what? Scheduling. In scheduling, BYU is not a Power Five. They're a Power Five equivalent. Is BYU a Group of Five team? No. They do not have access to an auto bid to the New Year's Six. What is, so, so, to me, there's what is BYU actually? They are an independent. What are they in scheduling? They're a Power 5 equivalent. And what are they on the field? That's up for debate. I think BYU is one of the upper-tier group of five type teams. I also think they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack Power 5 team at this point. It's not 2006 to 2009. It's not 1984. BYU is not a top 20 team right now. But they were last year. Yes, through four games they were, and they were on their way to having something special, validating independence. And then Taysom Hill got hurt, and all of a sudden... This is BYU TV. All heck broke loose, right? So if BYU can win a bunch of games, they can make a name for themselves and prove on the field that they are Power 5-like. This list is offensive to BYU fans because they feel like they are better than most on this list. But BYU lost to three teams in the top 10 non-P5 listed this morning last year. Plus... Losses to Utah State and Nevada. Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. All five of BYU's losses last season were to group of five teams. Okay, Taysom Hill was 4-0, beat two power fives. BYU then loses five games uh, out of the next nine. Um, they go 4-5 and five to end the season and finish 8-5. and five. Here's my thing with this. Three and over is power fives. How many, how many of those games did Taysom Hill start? Yeah, none. So... Coming up, we'll talk to Taysom Hill. We recorded an interview yesterday with Taysom Hill. I asked him, in your mind last year, are you 4-0 or 8-5? His answer coming up.
He's made it clear what he believes and expects BYU to do with this season. It's more than eight wins. Hey, even even the man we've been talking about, the ESPN insider Phil Steele, gives BYU a shot to win 10 games. Last year, BYU jumped out of the gate, beating four teams, including a couple of Power 5 teams and a pretty good Houston team as well. And all of a sudden, BYU was on everybody's tongue. They started looking at them. So I think if BYU was to pull a couple of upsets, let's say come out of September 2-2, two and 3-1, two, and one, then they'll be much more in the national scheme of things. The road to a double-digit win season starts next week. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. Nine days away. Happy Jim McMahon Day. Nine days away. There's no number eight or number nine on the current BYU roster, by the way. Somebody will get it. It, I will, bet it will be handed out in the next few days. Micah Simon and Hanneman have number seven. They both play defense, and both of their names are Micah. Can we change that? Not the names, the number. What's your reaction to college football expert Phil Steele leaving BYU out of his top ten G5 teams? Use hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, our two-on-one with the quarterback, Taysom Hill. He hints at how many wins he expects for the Cougars this season. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Station. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tuesday, next week, September 1st, block out 6 to 9 Eastern because it's 6 p.m. Eastern time. It's the first ever rebroadcast of BYU Sports Nation. 7 Eastern, the premiere of Inside BYU Football with the Fall Camp Recap giving you an inside look into the Cougar football team. It's going to be fantastic. And then at 8 Eastern time, the season debut of After Further Review, previewing the Nebraska game. It's three hours of BYU football goodness on BYU TV, September 1st, next Tuesday. What's your reaction to college football expert Phil Steele leaving BYU out of his top 10 G5 teams? At Max J. Isaacson says, What difference does it make what Phil thinks? Play ball, win big games, and let people decide how good BYU is, hashtag win big. When, when something happens that isn't uh, you know, in BYU's favor, that's what we end up saying, right? Well, just win. And when it's, something's really good, it's like, oh, see how awesome that is? I don't think you can ignore the bad and acknowledge the good. I think you should acknowledge everything or ignore everything. Pick, your, pick which side. By the way, I mentioned 8 and 9 are not on the roster. Obviously, retired numbers for BYU that, that hasn't stopped you know, Matt Berry from using number eight in the past. So I'm not sure why eight and nine aren't being used. But, and I don't know that they can't be used. In basketball, that's the case with Danny Ainge. No 22 and whatnot. So maybe that's There are more players in football, which is why it's a bigger deal, especially at the college level. There's just a ton of players. You almost can't afford to not use those jersey numbers. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll look into the particulars. You know where? <clears throat> excuse me. You know where's number four, Jeremy? I do. Taysom Hill uh, and that, Fred Warner. That is correct. Taysom Hill on offense has become one of the nation's most discussed. Uh, d- discussed. Nope. Discussed quarterbacks because of his He's explosive for, uh, playmaking. Now, after a second season-ending injury, he's back for what he hopes is a special season at BYU. I'll let you decide what you think special is. Here's our two-on-one with the BYU senior quarterback. It's BYU Sports Nation All Access. Taysom, welcome to the 1,079th interview you have done as a BYU quarterback. We'll do what we can to make it memorable, okay? That's great. That's great. I was laughing because Jeremy said he could sit as high as he can in a seat. But when, I he's, want. when he's standing, he can't do anything <laughs> about it. I don't know if you can see the platform shoes he's wearing, but um, maybe we can 
get him a little higher. <laughs> I'm unimpressed. Right I'm, un I'm unimpressed. All That's right. why I hang out with Brian Logan often. It's already memorable, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Today was the final day of fall camp. What do you What do you think you guys did or got done during fall camp? I think um, I thought our coaches did a really good job of structuring this fall camp. So um, we were able to, to go hard a lot of times, right? But then they were able to back us off. And so I think because of that, we were able to get the most out of it. And uh, honestly, I feel like for the most part, we've stayed really healthy. And um, we were able to improve a lot with the guys that are going to be playing because they were able to limit reps and, and manage that really well. This is fall camp number four from you. Was there anything unique and different about the core of guys this year compared to years previous? Yeah, I think, uh, look, when, when you're going against each other all the time, as much as we have been doing, relationships are kind of like, oh, man, I'm going to get that guy, you know. And um, there was certainly there was the comp competition was, was just as good as it has been in the past. But I think everything that would happen on the field was left there, right? And uh, I think because of that, there's been a mutual respect on both sides of the ball. And, um, you know, I, I love our defense making plays, right? And I love seeing our offensive guys make plays. And I think uh, because of that, this team is, has been able to stay unified and uh, moving forward. Like, we're, we're a unit, and uh, we're going to be really good. Physically on the field, what's the biggest impact of not having Jamal Williams there on you? Um, I haven't noticed any difference. I, I think, you know, this year we've kind of made a transition to, uh, hey, we need to limit the amount of runs that Taysom has, right? And and the way that we're doing that is, is simply calling more pass plays. And uh, we've erred on not putting specific runs in because it's it's put me up the A-gap. And uh, so, honestly, I haven't felt any impact that way physically. Um, you know, maybe that question would be better for, like, an LG Brown, right, or uh, Nate Carter who's having to pick up the load there a little bit, but um, I think the transition has been, let's throw the ball more, and um, I think it was a natural progression, you know, we were able to kind of minimize, you know, the damage with losing Jamal because of that. You told us on media day that you, as a quarterback, would rather throw a, throw a touchdown than run it in for a touchdown. With the wide receiver core you have right now, does that make it easier to want to throw touchdowns? For sure, for sure. I mean, those guys, those guys are really good. Um, you know, Moroni came in and, and he gives us another really big target, and and Devon's one of those guys that uh, it, it's hard to get hands on, so he can get off any any bump man pressure. And um, so I, I think with the guys that we do have, it's it's made an easy transition to throw the ball more, especially down in the goal line, right? Um, where we can just throw the ball up and let those guys go go make plays. One of those guys that could make plays uh, new this year, Nick Kurtz. Is it too much to expect that he's going to be pretty stinking good this year? No, I don't think so. I think uh, you know this is his second year in the offense, and coming in from a JC, learning the offense, um, I think that that's probably a little bit too much to expect, right? To learn it and then be able to to play as fast as we do and make plays. But he's been in the offense, and um, maybe if we still needed some time or like he he was still struggling with things, I wouldn't say that, but. Um, He's ready to go, and he's shown what he can do out on the practice field. And, and I don't think we're going to see any, uh, you know, there's, there's not going to be any uh, transition that he's going to need from the practice field to the game field. He's going to be really good. How confident are you in the stable of running backs that you have right now with Algie and Nate and Adam Hine? 
Yeah. Uh, really confident. No, I, I think one of the things that, that hurt us a little bit with losing Jamal was simply death. You know, we need all those guys to stay healthy. Um, but if they do, you know, those guys are all very capable of doing uh, doing whatever we need them to do. So very pleased with the way that they, they ran during fall camp and, and we'll be good. What about the emotional vacancy that Jamal left? Is Do you feel like you need to be that guy now or is there somebody else stepping up and doing that? You know, I, I, I try not to be somebody that I'm not, right? And, and um, But I, that's going to hurt us a little bit. And, and Jamal was, was a pretty quiet guy on the practice field and even on the game field. But there's times, man, where, where he could feel it, that we needed a little lift. And uh, Jamal Jamal added that energy that we needed. And, and I don't know what we're going to do to make up. Maybe that's me. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's uh, Tijon up front, who is a pretty emotional dude. Uh, Louie up front. Maybe it's Algy. I don't know. But... Um, well, we'll just have to see uh, when we get there. Maybe a game day dance on Instagram? There you go. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe he'll still do, still do that and send it to all of us. We'll see. That would be nice for everybody. Uh, in your mind, were you 4-0 last year or 8-5? Me personally, I, I would say we're, we're a team, right? We're, we went eight and five, and um, uh, watching those those games after I was was injured, I felt the losses just as much as the other dudes did. So um, we're eight and five, and we need to be better. So um, that's where we're jumping from, and and uh, you know we need to get to double digits for sure. With that said, do you feel like you can pick up where you left off at four and zero, and things were things were working? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for me personally, right, I I look at where we were as an offense when I was playing, and I expect to build on that, right? I can't just kind of settle for that. But I expect to to do what we did last year at the beginning of the year when I was playing and then to build on that. Did you learn any secrets about football in your business adventure over the summer? Um, maybe maybe a little bit about relationships, right? Like dealing with different relationships and uh, kind of being the guy down on the, the lowest end of the totem pole, right? I was this little intern, but I was working with all the bosses, and I, I saw how they handled their relationships with other coworkers, and I, and I saw how they handled me specifically, and I, I think I was able to learn from those guys, just the way they interacted as being a leader. That's why my seat's so high. Okay. You really has there been a fall camp MVP in your mind? Um, or MVP? Yeah, uh, I, I think that's kind of a tough question. I, I, I think that's what we ask. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, look, Tijon, Mitch Matthews, right? Algie Brown, uh, those guys just do do what you expect them to do, right? They're very consistent, and uh, so it's hard to to single one of those guys out and say, hey, they're the MVP. But um, I would say, I, w- I would say Tijon maybe just because because of his ability to to make different calls at the line the emotion that he brings we're able to add different things to our offense whether we stress protection in the pass game or we add different uh, blocking schemes in the run game so everything starts up there and, and I would really attribute that to him Robert and I says he's opened up the playbook essentially entirely to you and he trusts you do you dream plays sometimes I mean what how how confident are you in that you can go out there and and 
drop any single play in that playbook right now? Yeah, I'm very confident. I know I know Coach and I stuff like like the back of my hand, right? And I think that's kind of been a big jump for me is, is you know, I, senior quarterbacks always talk about the game slowing down, right, and seeing the coverage and all those things. But I think because of my knowledge of the offense and who I'm reading and, and my keys, I think that's the reason why. And, um, you know, Coach and I have a great relationship, so I can go in and tell him, hey, like I like this play, but I don't like it right here. Like let's let's get that out of there. And, and he respects or, that. And he respects that, and uh, which is super valuable. And um, even even I'll be home and I'll be thinking about specific plays and different formations, and I'll come back and I'll tell Coach Beck, like, hey, I really like this play, but I like it better out of this formation. And then we'll put it in and we'll, we'll see how it works. So I, I love the relationship that I have with with both Coach Beck and Coach and I. You have survived the 1,000 and was it 79th interview know. as a BYU don't know quarterback. <laughs> Jason, thanks for the time. No problem. It's good to see you guys. All right, I like some things that he said right there. I can sit as high as I want in this chair, Jason. <laughs> and that's where Jerem's going to start his reaction right there. You had to get that in there, didn't you? Yeah, he, he said a lot of interesting things. One, fall camp MVP, hard to single a guy out. He does it in the end, Tijan Karoma. That was our conversation the other day, sort of, of who's the second most important piece. He validated kind of my Tijon comment there, which is interesting. Now he said we need to be better than eight and five, hinting at the double digit mark. Yeah, d- double digits. So, well, nine plus would be better than eight and five, but there was a there was a double digit reference in there. Okay, so he showed his cards a little bit that, I, and I don't fault him. He's not Jay Keeps sophomore media day saying national championship. That was silly. He's thinking, okay, double digits accomplishes our goals of getting ranked. Relevancy. We've talked to everybody. If BYU gets 10 wins, that's relevant. You're ranked. His receivers are tall. He knows it. Will we see that on the field? Will he throw them open as Guy Holiday and Robert and I talk about? His reaction to, you know, no Jamal Williams on the field? Let's throw the ball more. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Use your best players. But who will be the emotional leader on offense? Nothing. So many questions. Besides, Jason? Answers in nine days. We're back with Brian Keel at the Throwdown Thursday after this. BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Yo! Next Tuesday, BYU Sports Nation is live at noon Eastern, and then our rebroadcast on the Daily begins that day at 6 Eastern time, starting next Tuesday at 6 Eastern for Mountain. You can watch BYU Sports Nation again, or for the first time, at 6 Eastern time on BYU TV. Very excited. And we remind you on BYU Radio, it is rebroadcast at 7 Eastern every day. I got a tweet from somebody saying, Spencer, you don't really think BYU is a P5, do you? No, my was, I was using a sarcastic tone of voice in, in the opening block. So I, Wait, I, when you speak like this, that's not your actual I voice? I understand that BYU is not a P5. They're a P5 equivalent in scheduling according to three conferences. Absolutely. With the blue goggles on, BYU is a power five spender. <laughs> Let's refresh today's BYU SN headlines. One day, maybe. Phil Steele has released his top 10 group of five teams. He has BYU as an honorable mention and out of the top 10. Now, he did qualify that by saying he believes they're the second most talented non-P5 team. But this is more of a projection of who has the best shot to get into a big bowl game. Yeah, and he tweeted at BYU Sports Nation, so he's, he's aware. Opponent news, UCLA names its starting quarterback, freshman standout Josh Rosen. No surprise there. They expect a lot out of him. BYU will see him week three. Meanwhile, East Carolina new starting quarterback Kurt Benkert 
has a season-ending injury, so he will not be the guy for the Pirates. USA Volleyball beat Brazil in five sets in the USAV Cup at USC yesterday. Taylor Sander, 18 kills, two aces. How about Russell Holmes, seven kills and four blocks? Not bad for the old guy, relatively speaking. <laughs> the Barclays in Edison, New Jersey's underway on the PGA Tour. Zach Blair uh, tees off at 128. I don't even know what uh, you know time that is at 11, Eastern. 28 Mountain time? Maybe, after the show. Like that? Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then Daniel Summerhays is tied for eighth now, uh, finished at three under in the first round. We'll have some information on Bronson Kafusi being listed as a candidate or a nominee in the 2015 ESPN Herbies, as well as a throwback player. That's Always coming good to up be mentioned. In just a little bit. Joining us now, another throwback player, Brian Keel, former linebacker in the NFL and at BYU. Brian, Throwdown Thursday, welcome back to Studio B. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Do you feel old when he says throwback player? It hasn't been that long, right? When I get out of bed in the morning, I feel really old every <laughs> single day. <laughs> but I'm good. Give me, give me about 30, 45 minutes, and I'm good to go. But that, when my feet hit the ground... You ready to roll? Not when I get out of bed, no. <laughs> but I'm ready to roll right now. Okay. Oh, what do right you got now. for me? Let's start with, uh, with this juicy tidbit. Okay, so we just explained. Phil Steele leads BYU out of his... Top ten non P five teams. Again, there's there is. He said group yeah, of five. He he said group of five. So one, he's putting BYU as a group of five team. But then he said, well, it's it's my projection of the best teams or the teams that have the best chance to get into a major bowl game. BYU not in that list. What is your reaction to BYU not being in that list? For this, is he saying this for this year? This year. Yes. I don't know. Phil still like I don't know what he's looking at or what parameters he's using to measure. Um, but if we're not in the top 10, I mean, what 10 teams are there ahead of us? That's what, I mean, I don't know. I'm I, confused. I'd put, so he's projecting how all these teams will, will finish, right? Yeah. So he's respecting the schedule BYU's got. Like his, oh, if, so he's making a prediction. Yeah. He's saying he's the not, schedule is too not, tough for not, BYU to, okay. to finish with a good okay. shot to get into Whatever. a bowl. Not saying right now. He's entitled to his opinion. I thought you were saying we're just not good. There's 10 teams better than us. Whatever. Okay. Right now. But, yeah, I understand that you could you could enough. be you could be pessimistic or the opposite of optimistic about our schedule. Um, I personally think that we're going to do well in our challenging schedule. What but. is well? <laughs> what is well? Shoot, I don't know. <laughs> I think we're going to win nine or ten games this year. Okay, now, yeah. now you're getting specific, yeah. and you haven't yeah. always come on the show and given us numbers. But yeah. Now that's now that's confidence. Okay. Now uh, I'm of the opinion that eight would be a good number given the schedule. Yeah. Okay. BYU walks hey. out of this with eight. I go, hey, that's pretty good against that schedule. I'll but tell nine you or what, ten. I'll tell you what will make me happy. We win every single game at home. Okay. We win all the games we're supposed to win on the road. Can, okay. we, can we go over this? Let's go over it. Okay. okay the- and in our losses, we're not out of the game before the game started. We're not getting pushed around. We're not getting hit in the mouth. We're not getting our nose bloodied. We're in the fight till the end of the game. That will make me happy. Okay, the game's BYU supposed to win on the road. I would assume you include San Jose State. Yes. And do you include Utah State in that? Yes. Okay. Just those two, though. The other, the other four present a different kind of challenge, right? Nebraska, UCLA, Michigan, Missouri. So le- I wouldn't so, say BYU is supposed to win any of those four. So the, the white ones are the... Road games. The road games. Okay. No. So let's say... So there's six home games there. So I say we win all six of those. Well, this is, that, no, that's, not, that, not, that could happen. Let, I, me, let me clarify. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not predicting this. This is what would make me happy. We don't lose at home. So there's six wins. 
okay? And you get at least San, San Jose, Jose State, State and Utah State. And Utah State. There's so there's eight, okay? And then Win so then that leaves one. four games. That leaves four games, okay? And we win one or two of those four games. That would make me happy. That would please wins. me. That gives me nine or ten. Get that to would a bowl please game. me. Yeah, even if they went that nine and three in the regular me. season, you get to a bowl game, have a chance to win ten games. But the, Dude, the other ten day, wins in this season, wow, be great, be fantastic. But back to what I said. I've said this on the show before. What I don't want to see is us getting pushed around. What I don't want to see is somebody hanging fifty on us. What I don't want to see is us losing by twenty-five. That's what I don't want to see. And that, uh, honestly. If we take care of our, our stuff, there's not a team in this country that should either hang 50 on us or beat us by 25. Now, that's not to say that we can go hang with every team in this country. I'm not foolish enough to think that we're talented or capable of hanging with any team in this country. Right now, we're not. But we should, we should if, if, we, if we know our assignment, if we execute, if we have will above theirs, they might have skill better than ours, but if we have will above theirs, and if we put in the work in the offseason, there's not a team in this country that should just blow us out of the water. We should be in the fight. And there'll be some interesting games to kind of test that. When you, get, when you play at Nebraska and at Nebraska, that's certainly a challenge. So I'm excited to see what this BYU team's got because Tom Homel told us on this very set uh, and show that Part of the reason he ramped up the schedule is because he knew Taysom Hill, uh, Mitch Matthews, he said Jamal Williams at the time, unfortunately he's not with it, Bronsk, that they would be seniors. So I yeah. can't think of a better prepared offense for this schedule than what BYU's got going into this. Hey, Defensively, a little different. If you want to place the table, you've got to beat teams that are at the table. Bottom line. So, you know, everybody, every, every, I don't know that there's anybody that's glad we are where we're at, or, or should I say... Maybe they're glad. I don't know. But I don't know that there's anybody who wants to stay where we're at. Let's put it that way. No one's satisfied. No, it's satisfied. Right That's yeah. a good word, Kay. Um, I think it's safe to say that pretty much anybody involved with the program or with any interest would like us to get a seat at the table. So back to what I said. You can't get the seat at the table unless you beat guys who are at the table. So we need the schedule. We have to do it. You know, there's no and, – and, and, and what we have to do is go beat some of these teams – then kids in, around the country see that. Their eyes open up. They see us do it on ESPN and, and get that exposure. And they say, oh, okay, maybe I'll go to BYU when they wouldn't have before. Then they come here. Then our recruiting gets better. You're, and it's a, it's a process. It's a year-after-year process. And you, you trend upward. And then we get to where we want to go. Our Twitter question today brought about kind of a sidebar topic that really picked up some momentum when we first put it out there in the Twitter sphere, and that is what it, what is BYU football? Because some fans were like, well, they're not. In, they shouldn't be in this G five list because they're not a G five. <laughs> and other people are saying, "Well, they're a Power Five equivalent because the ACC and the Big Twelve and the Big Ten have have said so. So why is he even putting them in this list? What is BYU football in your mind right now, Brian? We, Where we, do they fit? We are. We don't fit anywhere. We're a pseudo, whatever you want to call us. We are independent. That is what we are. And you you, you can't put put us in a box because we're not. We're independent. And so, yeah, we're P5 equivalent, whatever that in means. Scheduling. <laughs> in scheduling. In scheduling. Yeah, we get lumped in with the G5s, but um, we are what we are. We are our own entity. There's no one out there like us. There's no one out there close to being like us. And we always have been that way. We always will. Regardless of if and when we ever get into a P5, we'll still be our own entity. We'll be unique. But right now we're independent. And, I mean, I don't know. And, and It's that's... pointless to try to put us – 
in these little compartments or boxes. We're independent. That's where we're at right now. And that's been the identity of the church that runs the university as well. It, it really does fit with what, uh, what BYU does and what the religion does, to be honest. Okay, let's look at fall camp MVP. This is something like we, we like to have fun with. It doesn't matter. We know that. Last year we gave the fall camp MVP to Christian Stewart. The year uh, before that it was Mitch Matthews. The year before that was Mitch Matthews. Okay. Who, who would you name as a fall camp MVP? And then we will tell you what Bronco said, Taysom Hill said, and then we will crown him. I'm just going to second whatever Bronco said. Hear, hear. Hear, okay. hear. Okay. Hear, okay. hear, Bronco. Okay. Let's hear I don't Bronco. Know, I haven't been to enough practices to know. So if I <laughs> said somebody, I'd be a shot in okay. the dark. Okay. Uh, what do you think Bronco said? Here it is. I want to see. I don't have a fall camp MVP. Um, I just I like our team. Hey, th- thanks for that, Bronco. No fall camp MVP from the True man. True to form. <laughs> True to form. So you that is, no fall that camp is MVP? Bronco at his finest. That is why we love him. Okay, okay. The quarterback, oh. T- Taysom Hill. What, what did Taysom what say? What does he think? Be up front, I think Tijon really adds an anchor up front and um, has really been able to allow us to add some new things, stress protection, and in a run game do some different things. And it all starts right there. So, Tijon. Taysom Hill picks Tijon Karoma because he says mm. it all starts with him. The snap, the pre-snap nah. reads getting everybody where they need to be on the offensive line, the it emotion. All, it all starts with number four. <laughs> he's the MVP. I don't know that he's played like the MVP because I haven't been enough practices to know. But he is the most important player on our team, and it's not even close. Who's the second most important player on the offense? Well, it was Jamal Williams, and he's somewhere else right now. So now it is, I would say, collectively the receiving core. That's what I would say. Collectively, okay. if you wanted to pick one, Mitch Matthews, but collectively the receiving core because that's where the, the burden will now fall. That's, and that's exactly what Taysom Hill said, which Taysom. I thought was interesting. So with that in mind. Great minds think alike. The second annual BYU Sports Nation Fall Camp MVP for 2015 goes to Drum roll. Nick Kurtz. We go. give it to Nick Kurtz. Nick Kurtz was second in the voting last year. And after a uh, national poll of three people, <laughs> we've decided. That's we've decided scientific. That Nick very Kurtz scientific. Is it. I, I, here's the reasons. He stood out when it mattered most, which was the two scrimmages. Okay. In practice, he was fantastic. In the two scrimmages, he had long bombs for touchdowns. I know he had the drop. Well, let's be honest. We're combining what he did last year in fall camp. <laughs> sure. Like and again, been, this doesn't matter. We're just having fun. Hey, this is scientific, okay? Don't mess Super with science. Super scientific. <laughs> There's like elements involved in stuff. <laughs> What's your reaction to college football expert Phil Steele leading BYU out of his top 10 G5 teams? That is our Twitter question today. At White for Life says, kind of surprised, but after five straight seasons of achieving under his predictions, it's understandable. Listen, when you talk about making a big bowl, BYU's access is different than these G5 teams. It, it was a mistake to include BYU in that list. It doesn't make any sense. Apples and orange. More with Brian Keel, who is hydrating right now. Which player <laughs> on the current BYU roster emulates him the most? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. We also have Brian Keel on a throwdown Thursday with us here. Tune in Saturday as BYU takes on the 11th ranked. No, it's tomorrow, right? The 11th ranked BYU women's soccer That's right. Team. BYU and Colorado's tomorrow, 9 Eastern time. Huge matchup for BYU. Colorado knocked BYU out of the last two NCAA tournaments. BYU 1-0, ranked 11th, knocking on the door of the top 10. It's a vengeance match. 
what? It's always funny. Like, I don't wear hockey bags. <laughs> Thank you for that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, get some revenge for knocking you out of the NCAA tournament. Nope, those happened. It's just this year. You know, it's not going to make up for what happened. It, that, it doesn't work that way. What's your reaction to college football expert Phil Steele leaving BYU out of his top 10 G5 teams? Let's further that. Thinking that BYU is not one of the top 10 teams with the best chance to make a big bowl game. At Big Ben Ellis says, I'm an old school Y fan, and I like it when BYU is considered an underdog. They seem to thrive in that role. BYU will be an underdog as they head into uh, game number one at Nebraska nine days from now. Depending on which line you look at, six-point underdog, six-and-a-half-point underdog. So, Brian Keel, let's throw it back to you. Right now, what kind of a shot do you give BYU going into Nebraska? Oh, I, I think we're – I like that game. I think we're going to win that game. I like our chances. Um, very winnable. We just said it in the break. New quarterback, new running back, new coach, new system. In transition, it's a good chance for us. I like it. I don't see a situation where BYU can win nine-plus if they don't win that first one. I think you really have to set the tone for the yeah. season by getting Nebraska. He, let me flip that around. Let me flip that around. And you were on the other let me end flip of this. That, no, let me yeah. flip what you just said. Let me flip it around. Yeah. If they win that game, I really like their chances to win 9 or 10. Let's think of it that way. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's the same thing phrased differently. Yeah, I like my way. <laughs> now, Brian, You've you, were, go win. you were part yeah. of a one and two start. Yeah. A couple of them. Uh, th- uh, three of them. <laughs> that all finished? Two of them finished. Well, eleven and true. eleven and two. The first one didn't finish so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but when you look at the last at two, we finished eleven and two. Yeah. yeah, those those seasons ended well. Mm-hmm. How big of a deal is it if BYU starts one and two this season? It's uh, here's the thing. It's not where you start; it's where you finish. Um, and I don't know. Looking back at us, it goes. It, this, this all goes back to what I said a few minutes ago. I'm still pissed that we lost two games in '06 and two games in '07. It still bothers me. I was talking to one of my teammates at the gym the other day, and this is the thing that bothers me about the last couple of years compared to how we were. And I'm not trying to say, oh, we were so great, but I'm not trying to say that. But here's the thing. In 06 and 07, we were never blown out. We lost four games, two in each year, all by one play. And even at 05, we went 6-6 six and six in 05, there wasn't a single game where we just didn't belong on the field. You know, there were a couple games where we lost by two or three scores, but nobody beat us by 25 or 30 points, and, and nobody just took us to the woodshed or pushed us around or bloodied our mouth. You know what I'm saying? So that's going back to what I said. If we start one and two, whoop-de-wee, what, what matters is how we finish. And, you know, the biggest thing for me for this year and any year, but especially for this year because we haven't done the last couple of years, is how we win and how we lose. Who's the player on the team right now that reminds you of you? <laughs> Is there anybody? It's, how do you how do you answer this without sounding like like uh You're like well Taysom Hill pretentious. Well, like, uh, like me. well, who's the most athletic, biggest, strongest, fast? You know, I mean, I don't know. Um, Is there someone you watch and you go, okay, that they have a similar skill set? Yeah, I mean, it's good. I'm going to be a linebacker. It'd be kind of weird if I said Taysom Hill. Like Johnny Linehan. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I've 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 pubbed him a lot from this very seat. But Fred Warner, I like him. Um, we're about the same color, about the same size. Um, play play similarly, athletic, fast, good instincts. I like him. I like him. Okay, so Fred Warner. Yes. Does he have the skill set to play in the NFL? Oh yeah, no question. No question. He's got to put the work in, and he's he's got to gain weight. Um, but how oh much? Yeah, weight? He's got. 
Um, he's got to be at least 235, preferably 240. Let's talk about the guys trying to make NFL rosters right now. Mm-hmm. Just graduated last year. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a little bit of background here for all of BYU Sports Nation and for you, Brian. Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, just mm-hmm. said Alani Fua has a good shot to make the team. Uh, and he talked about his... Uh, his skills on special teams and that his size, his unique size, and his he's length. he's rangy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he says he's got a good shot. Devin Mahina, because of two <laughs> crazy injuries that yeah. have ended the seasons for the Redskins tight ends, yeah. is all of a sudden their number three guy has a good shot to make that roster. Paul Lasique has been talked about uh, a ton. He might start some games this year for the Arizona Cardinals. So which of those three guys are you most? Do you think are you're most likely to watch on a Sunday this year. So I've said this from this seat before. Um, the best player, football player from our team last year is Alani Fua, in my opinion. He does not have the best chance to make the team, in my opinion. I think the guy who has the best chance is Mahina, given the two guys that got hurt right in front of him. That's like, sucks for those guys. I, and I know both those two tight ends played with him. And um, sucks for them. Uh, that being said, great opportunity for Mahina. And, you know, it, basically it's, it's put up or shut up. You know, if you get that opportunity to, especially at a position like tight end, where teams only keep three or four guys. It's not like, you know, it's, it, the competition is different at that position than at linebacker, or, you know, where, where a team keeps eight or nine, or sometimes receiver. ten guys, or receiver. You know, the Redskins, when I was their linebacker, I mean, we had eight or nine linebackers on the roster. So if two guys get hurt, it's not like tight end where they keep three or four and their first two get hurt. That's, I mean, that's a huge shakeup. Anyway, so I think he has the best chance. Then I think Lasique, given his skill set, and then I think Fu after that. But I think Fu is the best football player out of those three. Interesting. Let's finish with this. The uh, Tuesday, they go down to 75. Uh, and then Rosters. Fr- Saturday they go down to 53. Mm-hmm. What's this time like for, say, a guy that's trying to make an NFL team? <laughs> it's, I'm watching Hard Knocks and I'm going, wow. this is Dude, this it's is real. Tough. It is real. Um, it's it's, it's nerve-wracking. And when you're young, when I, you know, my first year I got drafted in the fourth round, so I was pretty much safe my first year. Um, and then after that, every year, every year after that, I was not safe. I had to. I was in a position where I had to go earn my spot on the team. And, I, I mean, I was nervous a bunch of times. And, you know, what's funny is, is the one time I got cut coming out of camp was the time I, I absolutely killed it. And I thought, I thought I was safe because I had played so well, led the team in tackles, sacks, interceptions. I had played so well. I was like, whew. I was kind of not quite on easy street, but I was like, oh, you know, then I got that phone call. Oh, you've been cut. And it's just anyway. So the NFL is weird. This time is it's 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 nerve wracking. And and the dream dies for a lot of kids. Man, that's well, that's and, a tough and, reality. And ending on this note just stinks. Yeah. It is, it, hey, <laughs> let's let's flip it. Let's flip it. Positive, let's flip it. Positive. The dream dies for a lot of kids, but the dream comes to fruition for a lot of kids. And, and there's a lot of kids out there who work their tail off, guys who are undrafted, rise through the ranks, and, and they make it happen. I played with a guy, London Fletcher, undrafted, played 16 years in the NFL. How about that? Won a Super Bowl with the Rams, middle linebacker, did not miss a single game. Unbelievable. Wow. Wow. Undrafted. I feel much better now. Undrafted. That's the kind of tone <laughs> that we're looking for to Is go out what? of a throwdown Thursday with Brian yeah. Keel. Yeah, yeah.
Okay, Brian, great to have you. Great Thanks, stuff. Thanks, guys. Always awesome. We wish the best of luck to all six undrafted free agents that came out of BYU last year as they try and have that NFL dream come to fruition. Now, we, uh, we do need to remind you that the Cougar Club proudly supports BYU's 623 student-athletes who are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation, and welcome to the club. A couple of Cougars on the PGA Tour in action at the Barclays will update you on their current status next in the Cougar Whip Around. BYU Sports Days is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. ESPN's Kirk Herbstreit nominates Bronson Kafusi as one of his five throwback players in the annual Herbie Awards. He did not win the award, but was nominated. Men's volleyball. Men's volleyball. There it is. Team USA defeated Brazil 3-2 yesterday in their third exhibition matchup in preparation for the USAV Cup. Former Cougar Taylor Sander had 18 kills, two aces, and a block. Russell Holmes had seven kills and four blocks. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays birdied two of his last three holes to finish round one of the Barclays at three under par. Summerhays is tied for eight. Zach Blair tees off is in just over an hour. Back to you, Smith. Soccer. Thank you, Jerem. Rachel Boaz earned the National Primetime Performer honor from CS360 after eight saves in a 2-0 shutout win over 18th ranked Cal last week. Boaz joins BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. The Cougars host Colorado 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio tomorrow night. Cougars in the association. Jennifer Hampson, the BYU GOAT, and the LA Sparks defeated the Indiana Fever 81-79 last night. Hampson had two points, a rebound, and a block in five minutes of play. A BYU GOAT, Jerem? What? Greatest of all time, there people. Come on! Go. Today's rise and shout. <laughs> wow. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who should we give it to, Jerem? Taylor Sander had a nice uh, performance for Team USA last night against Obrazil. What is your reaction to college football expert Phil Steele leaving BYU out of his top 10 G5 teams, essentially saying they don't have a great shot to make a major bowl game? Let's go to our elite tweet of the day from at slarson801. It's not where you start, but where you finish that counts. Kind of reverberating it, what Brian Keel just told it's us in true, studio. But what B. is your reaction right now? Not later. Right now. What is it now? Yeah. He his is right now is it's not where you start, Jeremy. It's true. Okay. <laughs> we gotta we gotta talk, so we gotta react. Thanks to Taysom Mill, Brian Keel, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues twenty four seven on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Our show on demand, BYUSN.com, the audio podcast on iTunes and or the tune in app for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Efo Peely. We're back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Go. Yeah.